Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Encountering God with Tom and Sarah. I am your host, Tom and Sarah. Now, our ministry is totally uh, supported by donations from those who listen. And if you'd like to donate, there's uh, you can go to paypal.me forward slash T and Sarah. You can go to Venmo, which is the at sign Tom dash and Sarah or Cash App and a dollar sign Tom and Sarah. If you'd like to donate, basically what we do, we write books. We uh, we also are starting a radio station here pretty soon. And also we travel around the world trying to um, <clears throat> just minister the gospel in different areas of the world. And if you'd like to be a part of that, feel free to donate. Um, yeah, so enjoy. If you have any comments, go ahead and email me at Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. God bless you. Today, we're going to talk about, <clears throat> I just want to read a couple things here. Azusa Street, you know, as we had spoken of, uh, happened in uh, 1906 through 1909, technically. Uh, Brother Seymour, uh, William Seymour, was um, uh, was actually a pastor until 22, and then he ended up dying at an early age of 56. So I want to um, I want to talk a little bit about some of these things uh, with you today. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, Brother Signs, uh, who was uh, part of Azusa Street back in the day, uh, he used to um, he used to be a concert pianist later uh, after Azusa Street with gentlemen like um, Tommy Dorsey, and um, so. <clears throat> Uh, you know, I want to talk about this this thing about the box over Seymour's head, uh, and and a lot of people think that it was just his um, that he had his head in the shoebox, which was used as a pulpit. But according to Brother Signs, it was that he actually had um, a box on his head. So it was really cool. So anyway, um, I just want to share a couple of his stories, if I could. Brother Signs um, uh, t- doing his testimonies. He was 26 in 1907. And so, um, I mean, you can do the math. And then um, I want to read some of these things. Um, okay, so he said that, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, there's there's so many here and I'm just trying to decide which ones. Actually, I should use, but um, uh, Brother Seymour used to be in an upper room at Azusa Street, and uh, and the and the meetings were going on all the time. He would go to his to his room like three times a day to be alone, uh, whether to sleep or or to redo his um, his thing. Anyway, um, uh, Seymour was still upstairs here, and I'm going to read. Start reading here. Signs was on the platform leading the crowd in songs. And when he saw a a young crippled boy on crutches sitting off to the side, unnoticed by those going around the crowd performing miracles, signs came down from the platform, approached the young boy and asked him why no one was ministering to him. The little boy shrugged his shoulders with a kind of, I don't know, shrug and said, I'm just waiting for someone to come over and pray for me. Signs asked the child, do you believe God is going to heal you? And the boy with a look of anticipation on his face said, why? Yes. Signs took the crutches from him, laid them down on the floor, and laid his hands on the boy and prayed for him. At first, nothing happened. But then the boy began to exclaim, I feel it, I feel it. Uh, 
He leaped to his feet, dancing and running and shouting with signs right behind him. Then the miracle that Brother Signs described to me actually came uh, looking for him. Uh, an old gentleman who could hardly walk hobbled up to him one day while he was pl still playing his piano and called him by first name. And, uh, and he said, Charles, uh, Brother Signs looked up. I have crippling arthritis. And the man showed him his hands. They were swollen and gnarled. Uh, Brother Signs talked to the man um, and found out that this man had played the piano for uh, a star, you know, what he calls a star-studded church in Hollywood called the Hollywood Presbyterian Church of about 7,000 members. And of those celebrities that went to that church, uh, Dale Evans and Roy Rogers were part of that. He couldn't play anymore because of his condition. So Brother Signs got up and told the man, sit down here, pointing to the piano bench. The man sat down. Signs laid his hands on him and prayed, in Jesus' name, play. He looked at the man's hands, still swollen. He said again, play. The man started to play as best he could. And as he played, the swelling shrank as, uh, and disappeared. Wow. He kept playing. I never got to meet the man because he was an older at the time of Azusa Street. But Brother Signs told me that he returned to the Hollywood Presbyterian Church and got his job back. That's just so crazy. So now I'm going to talk about the box a little bit. Brother um, um, Tommy Welchel talks about the box. I'm going to talk about that. Brother Signs was obsessed with the box. The reason he would try to sit next to Seymour whenever possible was to get close enough to the box to see and hear what was going on inside. It didn't matter if the box was on Seymour's head 10 minutes or an hour. During that time, Signs could not pay attention to anything else, observing the box and Seymour the entire time. He would sit there thinking, God, are you talking to this man, or is he just sitting there waiting, listening, or meditating? And when Signs was out eating or fellowshipping with Seymour, he would ask him what was going on in the box. Seymour told him that he was meditating and waiting on God. Seymour noted uh, when he would speak to God, he could hear himself talk, but it was always a whisper and it was always in tongues. Brother Signs asked Seymour if he understood what he was praying in tongues or saying in tongues, and Seymour responded, yes, he knew. Uh, Signs recalled that there was a glow around the box while it was on Seymour's head. He observed the glow, but, it told, uh, but told me he dared not touch Seymour or the box. He was afraid of what would happen. He would lean over as close to the box as possible and just listen but he would never get close enough to accidentally come in contact with the glow or the box. He recalled one of the miracles he observed that was performed through Seymour while the flames were shooting out of and through the roof of the warehouse. The whole place was full of the Shekinah glory. Um, uh, Seymour, <clears throat> wow, this is just incredible. I want to share this one testimony as well, and then we'll talk a little bit. Uh, this miracle involved um, a man who had smoked a cigar all his life. He always had one stuck in the corner of his mouth, and the mouth grew cancerous where the cigar touched. Brother Sign said it was eaten away, and there was a hole in his cheek. But it wasn't eaten away, it was black. Uh, but what wasn't eaten away was black and rotten. Seymour said, it's gotten some of your teeth, too. How long does the doctor say you have to live? The man could hardly talk and said, Wow. The man could hardly talk and answered, no more than a year. Seymour, uh, Seymour answered him, now you're right, but God could change it. And the man said, yes. Um, and since so Seymour slapped his hands on him, began to pray, and then took his hand away. The black was gone. They watched uh, missing gums 
teeth, and flesh fill in where there was none before. Can you imagine that? Um, and there were many other signs on the platform um, that were that were performed like throughout that time. It was just um, crazy. Wow! Thank you, Jesus. Um, let's see if I can find this one other one. Because <laughs> this one kind of explains some things we talked about in um, <clears throat> uh, before. Um, and I talked about before, and from the book F. F. Bosworth was was talking about in uh, in in Christ the Healer was his book. So here it is. Uh, Christopher was uh, let's say Christopher prayed for a man. Um, and told him to go home and clean the wound. This man had a b- badly burned arm. Told the man to go home, clean the wound, and bandage it. And the man went home, cleaned and bandaged the burn. Came back the next night completely healed. And uh, Christopher was was impressed with the man's willingness to be obedient to God's guidance and do what was, he was instructed to do. The following evening, when when uh, the healed man returned, brother Christopher rejoiced with him, and they celebrated the awesome miracle. And then this is the this is the one I want to talk about a little bit, and then we'll we'll get into more. One night, the parents of a teenage boy were half carrying him up to Brother Christopher. The boy had suffered a brain hemorrhage. I don't know if it was from an accident or what, but he had done. Uh, but he had been this way for about four or five years. Pitifully, they asked Brother Christopher, "Will God heal him?" "Yes," Brother Christopher answered, and then asked, "Do I have your permission?" He was a sweet little guy. The parents said yes, and he said, bring him to me. He started talking to this teen, and the parents told him that the boy didn't know what he was saying. Surprisingly firm, Brother Christopher said, leave me alone. Do you want him healed? And then leave me alone. He explained he was talking to the boy, but he also wanted the devil to hear what he had to say. I don't care what anyone says, you're going to be delivered. That's how they talked at Azusa Street, completely confident in God. Brother Christopher said he got all bubbly and happy, and you're going to be normal. You're going to be used of God. Satan did this to you, but Satan is a liar, and he's really nothing. Brother Christopher kept preaching because he wanted the devil to take note. Finally, he said, now, I'm going to lay hands on you and take authority over this, and you're going to be delivered. Brother Christopher reached out and put his hands on the boy's head, pushed tightly, and began to rebuke the damage the devil had done. He rebuked the hemorrhage and began um, and commanded all the blood clots and everything to clear up. And he demanded, not tomorrow, I want it done now in Jesus' name. The boy jerked and fell off the platform onto the ground, kicking and jerking. Brother Christopher stood at the edge of the platform and looked at his parents who were upset. If you're in fear, go away, he told them. They said that they were okay, and he assured them, just don't worry. Finally, the boy stopped jerking and kicking, and Brother Christopher commanded, now get up. And the boy looked at him and started trying to get up, and he didn't remember how. Help him and uh, help him and walk him because the child doesn't know how to walk. He'll learn quickly. Just help him. And within 10 minutes, the boy was running, leaping, jumping, worshiping, and praising God, forever changed. The boy went into the ministry and uh, uh, when he had become an adult. And um, I wanted to share those stories because... Um, I'm enthralled with Azusa Street. I'm enthralled with with what God uh, was doing at Azusa Street. And, um, you know, when he was talking about Brother Seymour, 
a lot of people said he stuck his head in, into uh, the crates that made the pulpit, but actually he put a he put a crate on his head, a box shoe box on his head, and he um, then he would meditate and talk to the Lord. It wasn't because he was black. It wasn't because uh, he was trying to um, keep people's attention away. It was because he was meditating on the Lord. And we talked yesterday about Catherine Kuhlman, who had a lot of the similar things where she would stay um, stay behind the platform until she felt the Holy Spirit come. So anyway, um, that's just like, you know, it's really cool. But I love that last story where where at Azusa Street, they just commanded these things and they didn't allow people to have doubt because really, if you have doubt in your heart, you're double-minded. And I, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that um, that you have to believe in order to find the healing that you're looking for, in order to find the healings that you're des- desiring, you have to be, um, you have to know that God is already doing it. Uh, somebody asked me, um, so yeah, somebody had asked me if, if God is willing to heal, and I said, yes. And he said, how do you know that? And I said, because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And it also says in Matthew chapter 8, uh, the, the, the leper came and says, Lord, if you are willing, and Jesus responded and said, uh, I am willing, be healed. So you have these, um, you have these things that, that God is doing and God is saying. And I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that, that we, we all can walk in the things that God has for us. Um, if it's in heaven, we have availability to it here on earth. Uh, everybody does because you have all of the Holy Spirit. And, um, it's just the question of, how much of the Holy Spirit is revealed in your life is based upon how much you've surrendered to him. Remember in John chapter 3, uh, John the Baptist says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And so um, you have to recognize that there's less of you, there's more of him. I mean, we've, uh, you know, and a lot of people since like 94, 95 um, would be praying, uh, I just want more of God, more of God. Well, God gave you all of him at, at uh at the cross, and that when you became born again, you received all of Jesus, you received all of the Holy Spirit. But the amount that is manifested through your life is based upon how surrendered you are to him. Um, The Bible says that we are saved by grace, yes. We are saved by grace, but we were created for good works. He says it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, and that faith is not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, and not of works, so steady man should boast. And then um, he says, uh, um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says uh, that we have been created in Christ for good works, to do good. You know, how Jesus of Nazareth, Acts ten thirty eight went about doing good and healing all who were afflicted of the devil. Uh, you got to go about doing good. You, you, you don't get to heaven by doing good, but you bring heaven to earth by doing what is good and what is right. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about performance. I'm talking about, uh, doing what God, um, asks you to do, uh, doing, doing those things, going into your secret place, seeing him and seeking him and, and, and building relationship with him. Um, all those things, brother Seymour had his secret places. His happened. One of his places happened to be a box. Now there's different places and, and I'll just quickly go over this again. There's different places that you can have a. Um, uh, there's different places that you can have a secret place. It doesn't have to be the same place every day. 
Sometimes it's in your car. Sometimes it's at the uh, edge of a, of a mountain. Um, it doesn't matter. It's just that you get alone because the secret place is actually in your heart. That's where it is. And you develop your relationship with Jesus that way. And um, yeah, so I wanted to share a couple of those testimonies, especially about that little boy um, who had that brain hemorrhage. I'm, go- I'm somebody who's going after brain injuries. I'm going after these things because I want to see God heal people. Anyway, God bless you guys today. Today's going to be a great day. You know it. Um, you know, and once again, if you want to donate into this ministry, uh, you can go to the um, uh, paypal.me forward slash T and Sarah. Uh, the cash app is the dollar sign uh, Tom and Sarah. And Venmo is the at sign Tom dash and Sarah. God bless you today. Today's just go after him today, whatever it takes. Just go after him. And we'll talk to you next time. God bless you.